Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Hey everybody! Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. We're so happy to be here with you today. I am Jillian Aurora and this is my co-host Marie Wallace. Hi everybody! And today we're super excited to talk about conflict. Um, this is a big topic right now. Um, there's lots of conflict in the world, so we want to we wanna put our two cents in. I want to thank uh, whoever's joining us today from whatever platform. If you're here with us live, we definitely appreciate you. We're here live every week, every Thursday. Um, so if you are joining us on, on Facebook, that's great. We have a group called uh, Braveheart Conversations. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. You can also find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, pretty much all the all things. The things. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining us wherever you are joining us from. And today, let's jump right in. What I want to talk about is very often we think of conflict as a bad thing. Um, I have taught a couple of classes in the past where I have posed the question, do you think conflict is a good thing in a relationship or a bad thing? And a lot of people will say it's a bad thing. And I want to challenge that thought. I think that uh, conflict is really the safety to express our opinions, that I have a difference of opinion and it's safe to do that in a mm -hmm. relationship. If we have no conflict in a relationship, that's a red flag for me because that means we're usually being dishonest about something. Like we don't feel safe to share that we have a different um, opinion than our partner or whoever we're talking with. So what I wanna talk about today is how we do conflict. Mm. Because conflict can be really bad and it can be really good, but it really depends on how you do it. And right now I'm seeing a lot of conflict that's really icky. And um, so I'd love to talk more about um, how, how we're going to choose to do conflict. So Marie, you are also an expert in this area because you teach about love and romance yeah. and relationships where conflict generally shows up oh. at some point. Sorry guys, that's my dog. <laughs> Hello. He wants something to say too. <laughs> he's my doorbell. Um, he's not very good at conflict. <laughs> um, anyway, so I come from a mediation standpoint, so I'm I'm in conflict like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of divorces, so mm -hmm. we're in high conflict, high intensity um, situations. And then Marie, you're kind of coming from a different standpoint where you're healing relationships and really helping people find the tools necessary to work together and yes. maybe do conflict well, which I do as well in my coaching, but sure. not so much in mediation. We're no. kind of past that you're, point. <laughs> that's usually the reason why they're there. <laughs> yeah. It's because I think, <clears throat> excuse me, what I try to do is get those rules in place when the relationship first starts because it makes it a little bit easier. But yes, it's always more possible. You can figure out expectations, you know how to navigate, it's safety. Mm -hmm. It gives people those um, rules, just like sporting games, you know, all of them have these rules to go by mm -hmm. so that you can know how to operate. And like you said, it, it creates safety, it creates ways that you can express yourself and, and be able to explore how you're feeling and how to 
play the game if you're wanting to talk about it in those terms. But it allows you to feel what you're feeling and also examine others' beliefs. And that's how you kind of come together on common ground, mm -hmm. like we've talked about before. But that's how you figure out how to navigate the relationship. Mm -hmm. Just you all know how to operate in it. Well, and I know for me, if I have a disagree, like a, a topic that I disagree about with um, someone that I really value, and we get through that conversation and we get through oh, without attacking. So nice. um, I actually like that's a huge trust builder for me. Mm -hmm. um, anybody can agree on things mm -hmm. easily, right? But when we disagree about something and we're still kind and courteous and respectful, there's so much trust that's built in that relationship. And that's a huge foundation. And that really, we, we've talked a lot about boundaries. Mm -hmm. And this is where boundaries come into play. I can say, I have a boundary, you know, please don't blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is what's required to be in my space. And you don't have to agree with that. Right. Right? Um, you don't have to just have right. the same boundaries. But you're still going to respect those boundaries. And, and vice versa. We have the safety to say what we need. Uh, what we think, what we want, that those are really key mm -hmm. components in a relationship. So I want to talk about this on a broader scale collectively because what's been very concerning to me recently is how we're having conversations uh, publicly. Mm -hmm. Not so much just um, in our private conversations, although that's really important as well, um, and all of this applies, but um, really... It doesn't matter what the topic is, the um, rules that we fight by and the truths, the objective truths about conflict are the same. So well, we're building relationships instead of tearing them down. Mm -hmm. I think the way conflict is being handled right now doesn't allow trust or intimacy or any kind of building of a relationship. It's just breaking things down yeah. and, and it's just not healthy and it's not helpful. Right. Well, if I'm constantly being on the defense, I think that's what happens when we don't have those rules of engagement. I'm on defense all the time. And then I'm just trying to get in the corner and box my way out of it. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't hear anything. Right. So. Right. And, and some of this is just hardwired mm -hmm. in how we are going to respond. It's just like, it's just neurology. That That is just science. Yep. It's not saying this is good or bad, it's just saying this is how we work. Mm -hmm. This is how our brains work. Um, so I wanna talk about a couple of things. One thing being like resistance will always bring more resistance. Mm -hmm. If you attack, you will always get, you'll elicit more defensiveness. Mm -hmm. um, and these are just rules to understand the mm -hmm. way that we work. Um, and so we always have choice. If you want to name call, you can name call. If you want to attack, you can attack. Just know there will always be a response that is pretty much 100% you're gonna get that response. Mm -hmm. So we always have free will how we choose to do conf conflict. However, just know what you are, what you're inviting, mm -hmm. right? What you're attracting. So there's, there's ways that we can um, elicit defensiveness and um, 
a negative response, but we can also come from a point where we are curious, mm -hmm. right? We're asking more questions. We're genuinely trying to see the other person's point of view. It doesn't mean I have to give up no. anything about myself, but I can still always ask questions. That's not threatening to me. Um, so curiosity and questions and empathy, mm -hmm. trying to really understand their their really position good experience. listening. Listening is so valuable and important because what you're doing is opening up your heart space, mm -hmm. opening and inviting people in. It 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 invites a a level of trust, like you were saying, but it also builds that relationship so that that we can work together. We're building common ground between what you believe and what I believe, and and. Uh, and sometimes it means agreeing to disagree, but you're still coming a place from honoring and, and understanding. And it gives you another, my benefits is I love listening to other points of view because it challenges me to really look at what I believe, what I trust in, and, and, and it also breaks down all those old paradigms, yeah. all those old ways of thinking, all those old patterns. So listening to someone who has diverse opinions and lots of somebodies who have diverse opinions allows me to become a better human. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and I think something to understand too about the way that we're hardwired is group psychology. Oh, you know, yeah. we are really wired to um, have a group, a um, a side, mm -hmm. um, somebody that we're going to be loyal to. We will find these little niches. We want to belong. Yeah. We really want to belong, but we can become, I like to say we're a bitch to our group, right? Our loyalty, our, our group, our relationship. And um, what that means is you're really allowing yourself to be hijacked mm -hmm. when, you know, I may have my own set of values, but if I allow myself to become loyal to someone else or to a group, and I'm talking, this could be politics, this could be religion, this could be uh, a marriage, this could be a family, like there's lots of things or people that we are loyal to mm -hmm. that we can easily lose our own ability to be objective. It's like whatever they believe, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, there's really- Losing, you lose yourself too because you're- Totally. Yeah. And it even, it influences what we think we want, too. It's interesting, I just read a book called The Big Sort, which is about um, people really self-sorting. And what was so intriguing about that book is the way that we sort, there's like these little cues, right? So people on one political paradigm, they like to shop a certain way, um, they do certain social activities, like maybe one is like, you do a lot of shooting or you um, go to rodeos and another one, maybe you go to coffee shops and you enjoy the uh, downtown life. There's some really subtle differences that you wouldn't really think of as being, um, it's not political, but the way that we have made these little choices seems so minute, but they've created these really big ripples where we are only around like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And the problem is when we're only around like-minded people, there's a couple of things that comes up. One is I start to perceive everyone outside of my group as bad and wrong, and I actually start to dehumanize them. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to justify violence towards people outside my group because everybody inside my group thinks they're all bad and crazy and mm -hmm. wrong. So there's some real danger in 
um, how we start to identify with the group and then exclude everyone else. So there's, there's a shadow side to the, the like-mindedness. Um, and, and so even though I do, I do value protecting my space and I have very clear boundaries about who can come into my space, I also very much value diversity. I don't only allow people in my space who share my same opinions, right? They get to be respectful and they um, can't be malicious, mm-hmm. right? They can't be mean-spirited. Um, I don't allow that in my space, but they can have different opinions. Yes. I was going to bring up an example because it, it kind of highlights everything that you just said. So there was a, an opportunity to be at a rally, which it was actually a vigil, and um, there were two very opposite sides, and one side um, was really upset and enraged that we were having this rally, and it, there, it became an altercation. So we were walking home, and there was a gal in the, in the walkway, and these boys in a truck were really upset and knew that she had gone to this rally, and, and they were just screaming and yelling. So you have the group mentality you were just talking about. They're screaming and yelling, and they're, they're, she stops in the walkway, and she's not going to move. And so they're screaming and yelling, run her over, run her over. Meanwhile, the guy behind the wheel who originally was staying with this group, he didn't want to run her over, but his eyes are really big. He's stuck in a situation that he might not have been stuck in if he hadn't gone into that group mentality and tried to see you know, her point of view. But I mean, it could have very well gone wrong really quick and really fast if he hadn't I mean, he he went to his own personal code then at, at that point, but sometimes that choice isn't mm-hmm. as easy. I mean, it could have gone violent so easily yeah. because they did the us versus them. They did all the things that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. They weren't honoring a, a different point of view. They weren't honoring, um, yeah, just other people's choices even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I have, I have been able to see a lot of value in diversity. Personally, I, I live in an area where um, a lot of my own values aren't aren't always agreed with, mm-hmm. and so I get the opportunity to show up and have conversations. And sometimes, um, sometimes I don't don't if I feel like like what I explained about my boundaries earlier. If I feel like it's going to be a one sided conversation or there's not going to be respect. Um, then I, I choose not to have any conversations that aren't constructive. That's yes. my big boundary around conversations. I won't engage in conversations that aren't constructive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the point? I mean, they're right. not hearing. Then it's just hostility and it's dishonoring to me and it's dishonoring to them. However, I have a couple of friends that I love dearly and we disagree. Mm-hmm. And I love that we can have those conversations in an intelligent, non-emotional way where we're genuinely asking questions, genuinely curious about the other person's point of view. And I may even be able to see their, their point of view and understand where they're coming from and still choose to have mm-hmm. my view. Um, 
but and I may change my point of view. Right. And <clears throat> that diversity of opinion is really helpful. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful for me to take a step outside of myself um, and, and be able to see from different perspectives and points of view. And I would say this is the same with, you know, I have a variety of religious friends. I have a variety of uh, political beliefs in my circle. Um, there's, there's a lot of perspectives that I, I always get to pause. If I feel triggered by something, then I get to go inward, mm -hmm. right? And I think this is a really big key because a lot of people are triggered right now. And the, the uh, temptation is to feel the trigger and then attack, yeah. right? Name call, Instead of looking at down. what's going on here that caused that trigger. Right, instead of asking, why am I so triggered by this idea? Why am I so confronted by this belief? And when I can diffuse that and I can neutralize that, then I can really engage my brain again and we can actually still have a, a constructive conversation. Mm -hmm. But when I turn to um, really violence in my words, we've lost all ability to have a constructive conversation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about shame here because this is happening a lot. And Brene Brown is one of the great researchers about shame. And one of the things that hit me in, in one of her books was talking about the difference between calling someone a liar versus you lied, or um, you're a cheater versus mm -hmm. you cheated, or um, I don't know, I could even it go to an all or, nothing murder, again. Yeah. or you murdered. You know, it's separating the person from the action something you did versus something you are. And right now we're having a lot of conversations where we are accusing people and attacking people um, based on saying who they are, not what they did. Mm -hmm. And this will always elicit um, shame and defensiveness. and defensiveness. So we get to be really clear about how we're judging people because when we make them bad, that's when we really engage hate. We engage hate and violence because when we've made them the liar, the cheater, the thief, the whatever the thing is, um, that we've made them synonymous with that thing. We've already separated ourselves. We have now dehumanized them. So we get to really have these conversations about behavior and that we really are all on the same team. It's not us against each other. We are on the same team um, hoping for an objective that many of us are agreeing on, mm -hmm. but we've made each other the enemy towards whatever we perceive as the objective instead of realizing we're fighting ideas, we're fighting old programming, uh -huh. we're healing old stuff. Instead of where we need to just get rid of these people because they're bad and wrong and whatever. It's just, it's not a constructive point of view, but I'm seeing this everywhere in conversations right now. And it's, it's very disturbing. Are we building people up or are we destroying them? I think it's always, hi Misty. I think if you just think about how productive that conversation is going or that conflict is going are the things being said and done building or are they tearing down just a simple guideline to have so, yeah yep 
Yeah, if we've lost ourselves into, you know, when I get triggered, we can easily get into revenge. Yeah. And, and vindictive behavior, oh, yeah, that would right? Be, yeah. And I'm seeing that happen a lot online is somebody says something and instantly somebody else is enraged. And that's when the attacks and the name calling and all the things happen. And it's really crazy to me because often I'm seeing these things take place when they don't know anything about this person. Like they've literally never met them. They see this tiny little slice of what this, a little bit of this person's opinion or view is. And then they're attacking them as the scum of the earth. I mean, the names that I'm seeing are absolutely appalling. Um, and it, it's just, as, an, as a mediator who deals with conflict, like this, like that's not going to bring peace. Um, and I kind of want to give an example about mediation. You know, if I'm sitting in a room where I have two people who are attacking each other and they, um, they have their own needs, they ha- they're advocating for whatever they want. If one person, even if, even if the person is in the right, and they keep attacking the other person and dismissing them and like mocking them and doing all the things, right? That just add fuel to the fire. If that's happening, I will stop the mediation. We'll, we will have what's called a caucus. So I'm just talking yes. to that person and I'll say, look, you might be right about everything that you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, I have a guest right now <laughs> leaving. <laughs> a little noisy. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, anyway, there's a conflict going on. (laughs) Conflict with the suitcase. (laughs) Um, okay. So if I have that situation going on in mediation, I'll talk to that person and say, look, that person might be a jackass. I understand. Maybe they did all the things that were terrible. Maybe they were, they cheated, they were abusive, all the things, but there are rules of engagement. If you want to get what you want, like, do you, you have see, to play nice. yeah, do you see the reaction you're getting from this yeah. person? Do you notice every time you say X, Y, Z, this happens? And um, it's not about finding right or wrong. It's about saying, look, you both have needs that you're wanting to meet. Um, how about we do what works? <laughs> mm-hmm. And soften a little. I think sometimes we're so rigid in, in our thinking and what we want that we're not soft enough to, to be in that space of listening and honoring, which again, the reason a lot of people are in that position is because they haven't been honoring along the way or listening or even realizing another person can have a, a different opinion, even if Mm-hmm. even if they never come to agreement on it. So, yeah. yeah. Something that I, I deeply appreciate, um, as a, as a mediator, I'm not, I don't mediate by myself, which is really unique in this state. We don't have very many, um, co-mediators and I just want to say how much I, I value and honor. I, I have a very different co-mediator than I am, right? I have, uh, he's an older man who has very, very different beliefs, politically, religious, like we're very different, but we really admire each other and we get along like super well. 
And I love that we can come together and model that in front of people who are having conflict because that's what it's all about. We are not telling people they have to agree on everything, right? I, I don't want you to agree on everything. I want you to feel safe enough to have your opinions and recognize and honor the fact that you're gonna grow and evolve and this is where you're at right now. I have the opinions I have right now. And I look back and a couple of years ago, my opinions and views and beliefs were all different. And, and tomorrow they'll be even more different. And I get to celebrate <laughs> yes. that process. And I also get to look at other people who are around me and celebrate that process in them. This is where they're at today. Who knows where their beliefs are going to evolve over mm -hmm. the next couple of years, but I can just celebrate where they're at today. And, um, and I can honor the process of change and growth in people the same way I honor the process of change and growth in myself. And, um, and realize everyone's doing the best they can. And diversity is part of that growth. Mm -hmm. Because people along my journey were willing to disagree with me and disagree kindly, I am where I am today. Um, because I got where I am today after lots of challenges to my old belief system. And today I get to change and grow based on challenges that confront my current belief system. And when that is placed in front of me in a loving way, I have the opportunity to then grow and evolve and shift. When we get new information, we're blessed with new information to up level, right? So I get to have that done to me. I also get to be that catalyst in other people's lives. And mm -hmm. that's a beautiful process. So in other words, it's a good thing to be in conflict because it challenges you and it does up level you. You be you operate from a different space. So yes, it's a good thing. Yeah. And and as far as relationships, personal relationships, it helps you to communicate at a deeper level. At an honoring level, you can both explore some depths of things that are that you might not have been able to before. And that's what develops true intimacy because you've built the trust, you've built this relationship to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. so, yeah do that it's okay yeah so it's not about like don't feel shame about having conflict think about how you can do conflict in a good in, in a, a way, way that's honoring and in a better way yes yeah yeah conflict is good is excellent yeah. take a look at how the how <laughs> yeah yeah what I what I often see is relationships dissolve because they didn't have enough conflict mm -hmm. I've seen that so what happens is if we stuff and stuff and stuff and we don't share our feelings and oh, we don't, okay. don't feel safe, then it will come out later and it will come out in a really big way. Rage where, and violence. And... Where it's not often something that we can work through at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's having lots of little conflicts where we are able to be um, healthy instead of having the big conflict later because we have sacrificed our own self in order to have peace in the relationship. Yeah. So thank you all for being here and being a part of this conversation. Um, as usual, uh, the Braveheart conversations, the difficult conversations, we don't always talk about easy topics, but they're super important. I hope you found something um, today that you can take with you as you're having those conversations online and having conversations in your relationships that's gonna help you bring some harmony and, mm -hmm. and to bravely walk through those, those conflicts but in a way that's still loving. 
And if you have questions, well, you know where to go. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> we have a little experience we're willing to share. Yeah, I, um, I welcome any questions. We would love to hear if you want to hear about a topic next week or in the future, please reach out and share with us what your thoughts are. If you just have some challenges that came up and you want to say, wait a second, I don't understand what you were saying in this piece. Uh, we invite that conflict. Um, and also, if you have any um, any just questions about something going on in your life that it feels deep and heavy and you just want to share that anonymously, please do that. You can reach out to either of us at our emails. Mine is defytheaverage at gmail.com. And Marie? Marie at mariesgold.com. And as we said before, you can also find us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. And you can join the discussions there and see any of our past uh, episodes. And with that, we will go ahead and close up. And I will see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye Make guys. it a good one.